Yay, Carly's gonna talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Oddity Film Society podcast for Four Wednesday, May fourth. May the fourth uh, be with you, Fun. and also with you. Uh, 2022. We are recording in room 305 of the Old Crosley Secondary School in Pontiac, Ontario. Later on in the podcast, we will be discussing um, Danny Villeneuve's Enemy. But uh, before we get to that, I'm Anderson. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jessica. I'm Keelan. I'm Carly. I'm Noreen. And news? I have one news thing. Um, does anybody like Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. A little bit. Um, he's supposed to be appearing in, starring in a uh, Weird Al biopic. <laughs> as um, Weird Al? As Weird Al. So here's a picture of Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, no. As Weird Al. Oh, oh that's going to be so fun. I mean, with the way that Daniel acts, it's pretty similar because, like, they're both weird. Yeah. Like, it, it's fitting. Is he weird? Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, yeah, he's I done some so. weird things. Like what? Army Man. <laughs> he didn't really do anything in that. <laughs> he was used he was in just strange limp. ways. Um... How did you feel about Swiss Army Man? I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I watched it when I was like 13, so typically I'm going to laugh a lot because I'm 13. I, uh, I'm i a little torn on it. Yeah? Yeah. Why? I, I felt like the message that they were trying to get across became very muddled by the end, mm. and it seemed like they were building up what I thought was a sort of interesting theme, but then the way that it resolved, it seemed to really undermine almost everything that came before it, yeah. which bothered me. Um, and it also seemed like one incessant montage. That's true. Yeah. But I, I, I really disliked it on my first watch, and then on a subsequent watch, it didn't, didn't bother me quite as much. Mm-hmm. But I thought that they were moving in, in a direction of a, like, mental health and belonging, and then the end and what happens with Mr. Radcliffe's body just seemed to go against that. And, yeah. and I, I became confused, but not in a way that I, I'm not sure that I understood it. I'm not sure that the filmmakers understood what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I just liked it for comedic relief. The corpse farting all the time? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that I think the whole premise of the movie started with a challenge that the filmmakers had about filming a scene where a fart could be seen as emotional. Mm. And then the movie grew out of that. Yeah. Which is kind of fun, (laughs) I guess. Uh, So that's my news. Daniel Radcliffe is going to be weird. Okay. I'd see it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not crazy about biopics usually. Yeah. Especially about musicians. Yeah. Especially like the Queen one where it just mostly focused on Freddie. That kind of bugged me a little bit. Oh, that one was really, really not accurate. Would you have preferred if, if it was called Mercury? It was, it was more, it was glamorized. Mm-hmm. I thought like it wasn't really accurate to how he lived. Like his lifestyle was much more rough than that so I think it was very glamorized and so you want the 
more rough. truth and yeah and like if you look at Rocketman and obviously that was glamorized to an extent too but it did kind of dive into the more drug aspect of it and the not fitting in and I feel like that wasn't <gasps> have you seen Sid and Nancy I haven't but I really want to you should yeah. I'll lend it to you okay <laughs> um it is a very feel bad movie yeah <laughs> it starts as a comedy and ends awfully probably. yeah but um, Gary Oldman is incredible as Sid Vicious. Mm -hmm. And if you want a a rough, gritty That's music good. biopic, yeah. it's 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 pretty good. Okay. Um, I highly recommend it. And, and I think Gary Oldman is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Has anybody seen Leon the Professional? No. No. But I've heard of it. Maybe we should watch that. And as Gary Oldman, he plays a a villain. It's pretty good. And it's got, I think, Natalie Portman in her first performance. Okay. I like her okay. Okay, anything else? I don't think so. No? Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> um, I haven't watched a lot. Um, mostly I've been feeling really ill and tired. Uh, I watched maybe the first half of Green Knight. Um, I love that movie. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I watched okay. it in theaters. It was good. Uh, I like almost every A24 movie that I've seen. And uh, it's visually interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the slow pace of it. And I was just watching it at 2 in the morning and then oh. just went off to sleep. Yeah. Um, but so far, I like it. I'd mm -hmm. like to finish it. That was good. And I watched Knives Out again in uh, one of my English classes. Love Knives Out. I like Knives Out a lot. Me too. I think it's fun. I. It really does mystery well, mm -hmm. and it's neat that it sets up a kind of premise, but then solves that premise about halfway through, and then goes off in like a different mystery direction. It's it's the kind of movie that I'd like to watch for the first time again. Yeah. Because now that I now I know the twist, so it's not as entertaining to really yeah. watch. It's pretty cool. Good. You should watch that. Yeah. You should watch it. Um, yeah, the cast is pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's got a big cast. The setting is really neat. That house is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it makes me want to watch Clue. I like Clue. I love Clue. I haven't yeah. seen Clue. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought we watched it last year. I might have been away then, I guess, because I don't remember watching Clue. I think Clue is perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that there's anything that they could have done differently in that film. I don't watch a lot of mystery, but I guess in a way that makes mystery always seem kind of fresh to me. So It's also that. comedy as yeah, well. It's so, funny. so like Knives Out, there's uh, it's probably more comedic than Knives Out. But they're, what I think makes Clue and Knives Out really fun to me is that I think both of them have a good solid mystery but then also really nice comedic bits so it never seems really heavy that's it for me Jeremy Jeremy no I watched oh yeah um, I watched the new bad guys movie Oh yeah, the and the animated one, and it was really good, and I liked it a lot. Were you a fan of the books? I have not read the books, but okay. I might. 
Chris, I think, would be fun. That's like the anthropomorphic. I've seen way too many ads for that. Yeah, the ad. The, there's a lot of ads. The ad campaign has been insufferable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll probably watch the movie. The mo- it's but good. Like. I, the it's ads so annoying. They're just annoying to see them everywhere. Yeah. Movie's good, though. I haven't seen a single thing. I live under a rock. I also haven't. I have. There's a lot on Instagram, specifically. TikTok, too. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Isn't it made for younger people? A little bit. But not much. But, like, I enjoyed it. No, but I was just wondering about the, that advertising, like Instagram and... Um, it's for Prime Video, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's just okay. advertising Prime. Yeah. Which would be weird to advertise to kids. Yeah. I don't know, it was like... The movie itself is kind of a little childish, but also there's like... Characters almost die multiple times, mm-hmm. so... Well, I've read the books with the kids, so I know that yeah. like it's it's for like... Little more kids, but then there's also like yeah some nefarious things that happen. It's produced by DreamWorks, so yeah. Is that it? Uh, and I finished watch. I caught up on the Owl House. Oh. And anything? Uh, good. I'm. I cried really hard about two characters specifically because they had relevate. They had. They figured out what they are, and it's bad. Oh. Because they didn't know before. And I'm very excited for the next episode on the 7th. <laughs> I will tell you about it later if you want. Jessica, who's sitting on a table, and moved that table so that she could dangle her feet, who is actually now sitting crisscross applesauce? I move a lot when I sit. Okay. Anyways, um, I watched a movie on Disney Plus called Crush that stars Rowan Blanchard and then the girl who voiced Moana. I don't know her name. Um, it's like a cute teen romance coming of age movie between the two of them but there's really it's really funny because um so the the girl who plays moana she's bi and her character in the movie is bi rowan blanchard is also queer but also was like like very publicly biphobic and like was like bisexuality doesn't exist la da da like a while ago and people are like maybe she's changed because you know she's in this movie but no a few months ago uh someone made a tiktok about the movie and the girl who plays moana duetted it and it was like showing photos of her and then of Rowan Blanchard. And when it was like Rowan Blanchard, she made like a really like grossed out face. And then the caption was like, she's still biphobic, but the movie's cute. So I found that really funny. Um, but I watched the movie. It was like fine. It was like a cringy teen movie written by probably people who are 30 that read a few Tumblr posts and was like, ah, teenagers. But you know, a bunch of straight movies are like that too. So like, I can't really judge that. It was entertaining. I like the Moana girl actress. Rowan Blanchard was also likable. Her name is Auli Cravallo? Yeah, that's correct. And why is Moana Moana and not Mona? Because there's another A. Mo- okay. Moana. Mona. But isn't. But it's like Mo- adding A to Moan Moan and then A. Well, but it, it has kind of a different. Or it could thing. be like Mo. Anna, like as in Anna, like the name Anna, and then you add Mo to the front. But then there should be two N's. No. Anna can be spelled with one N. Yeah. Yeah. Anne? Yeah. Anna. If you add an A, it can be spelled with one N. Yeah. No, that's Anna. (laughs) It is. (laughs) No. You put a vowel on the other side of that single N, (laughs) it's Anna. Okay. I don't think I need to give you an example of how that (laughs) works. 
I just I I expected there to be some sort of like accent a something no. over top of the a. Yeah, I feel like I remember that there was, but I don't think there, there was. There was not. I don't know why I remember. Because given name. given your treatment of language, if the <laughs> first a was an o, if it was like m o o n a, it that could also be Moana. Mm. Moana. Moana. <laughs> So, anyways. Yeah, the movie was fine. Um, like, yeah, it's just it's it's one of the cringe teenage written by thirty year old men usually movies. Um, oh, by the way, I remember there's a new I think it's an A twenty four movie called like Bodies, 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 um, and it's about like a bunch of teenage year olds and I think one guy who was Pete Davidson and like they're playing this game called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies where like one of them pretends to be a murderer and then they all start dying and it's like what? And it's supposed to be like a satire on like how teenagers act and talk but I feel like any movie that's supposed to be a satirization of teenagers doesn't work because teenagers themselves are like anything anything that a teenager says or that's a joke is already like a joke but then if you make a joke out of a joke when you're not part of the community that's making the joke it just doesn't hit. But people are like excited to be like, maybe it'll work. I don't know. I watched the trailer and I have, eh. I'll watch it though, because also I really like Pete Davidson and a few of the other actresses. But I don't know, especially when it's teenage girls. When people try to satirize teenage girls, eh, it's never done right. So, what would be the solution? To have teenage girls write the satire? I don't know. I just. To not do them. Well, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know even if like satire is the right word, but like people say like Mean Girls was like a good exaggeration of the way teenage girls act at least in the early 2000s to a certain extent i really like mean girls but i don't know about that but i just think in current times anything involving teenagers and making it a very time specific teenage slang anything doesn't work because by the time the movie's out all that slang will be outdated Mm -hmm. and then it just sounds cringe well i think you need to create your own slang for it yeah so that it's not so time specific and then there's the problem with social media as well. So if you're going to include something like that, I think you need, like, either you negate it completely mm-hmm. and just don't have it as part of your, your film or invent a different type of social media that doesn't exist yeah. so that it doesn't seem of a time. Because what's popular now, like slang, mm-hmm. but like a social media platform is not going to be thing later yeah but then also if they try to make a their own social media but it's based but it's like based off of a social media that already exists it just seems kind of worse because it's like that's that's supposed to be tiktok but it's formatted all wrong and like it's just it looks like again like a 30 year old saw like one screenshot and was like (laughs) graphic designer do this (laughs) i think the issue is just people that aren't at all close to ages of teenagers trying to make teenage movies that are like teenage specific because, you know, there's, like, movies that star teenagers, but, like, they don't act like teenagers. They kind of exist in this, like, void of just, like, they are them, and they don't really have an age to them. But then when they try to make it specific, specifically, like, Gen Z humor-specific, it just doesn't work, because they're not part of it, and they can't fully grasp... Like, even teenagers themselves can't fully grasp the humor, but, like, you get the vibes. But, like, I feel like adults just can't do that. I wonder if they work better after a period of time, and so that it... It doesn't you seem... feel removed from it. It yeah. feels more like a like a period piece. Maybe that might be the thing because it is very all this slang is very fresh. And it's like a big part of like being a teenager. All the weird things you say. What is that? It's tape. Oh, that's it fun. was in my pocket. <laughs> that's and I took fun. It and put it on the table. Um, I was thinking about like Greece. Greece something... is so funny. They look so old. 
<laughs> they do. Mm -hmm. They probably were. Yeah. They were. They were like all thirty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like funny when they do that. Mm -hmm. Or like the Outsiders or something. But the Outsiders was actually a period piece, mm -hmm. right? Because it was made after the Greaser mm -hmm. time. Well, so was so was Greece. Yeah. But just like looking, I think looking nostalgia factor will like maybe enhance these movies in the future. But currently, they're not really cutting it. What do you think of movies where teenagers might be the focus, but they are directed to not act like teenagers? I think they have to really lean into it for it to work, or else it just seems like the teenagers are acting really weird. Like, they have to fully commit to the teenagers not being teenagers thing. What's an example of a movie like that? I was thinking Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't fully seen it, but... Yeah. So you have these kids that are written mm -hmm. like adults, like emotionally dead mm -hmm. adults. I think if you really lean into it, it can be an entertaining little gimmick, I guess that's the right word. But if you fail at it, it's just bad. Or you've seen Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. But, but everybody is, is Everyone's like that. directed as just being so weirdly stunted. Mm -hmm. I read yeah. the plot of that movie yesterday. It's... I, I really like it. It's on my list now. Um, it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah. It's it's like if you watch a Wes Anderson movie and you think the people are directed to act kind of, like, oddly and emotionally mm -hmm. uh, bereft, this takes it to, I don't know, a really different sort of level. And like people just deliver lines like like it's machine guns coming out of their mouth. Yeah, I saw a few clips and I was so concerned. But yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Um, I rewatched a movie called You Again, which I I don't I think it's just a comedy with Kristen Bell, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, Betty White's in it, and I was like <laughs> it's a weird cast. Like uh Kristen Chenthewit Chen I guess Chenoweth. Chenoweth was in it. The cast was like very stacked for a movie that is like not that good but like i've seen it many times because it's like it's entertaining but i can admit that it is not, not good for me. but it's fun i'd like to say something just in case anybody uh listened to us heard something my stomach made a weird noise it was not a fart <laughs> it was just like a weird digestive thing that's fun i had some pepperoni and then uh a tea it's interesting max I stirred the tea with pepperoni. Oh. Well, he's an interesting man, so we got <laughs> meat tea. Apparently the grade A's thought that I was weird. I'm not surprised. That's, That's not surprised. <laughs> I thought you were weird when I was in grade 8. I didn't I know still you were in grade 8. Weird. Yeah. You kind of scared me. <laughs> but isn't that the Now do I scare you? No. Uh. Sorry. You failed your mission. Anyways, that's all I watched. Okay. Q&A. Uh, I haven't been watching much. Uh, You've been coding. I've been. Want to tell us what you're coding? I'm coding a video game. What game? It's a turn-based uh, roguelite. So you um, enter a dungeon, you fight a creature, and then you get an item, and then you do that eight more times, or seven more times, and then you do the same thing but with stronger monsters, another eight more times, and then you get a really strong item and then you get a really strong boss and that's the game and the enemies are randomized and the items are randomized so is it text-based 
hopefully not. I'd like to make visuals. Um, it's uh, turn-based, so like you would make your attack, and then your enemy would make their attack, and you'd go back and forth until someone dies. Uh, Do they have to die? Uh, put them to sleep like Pokemon. I could make them go poof, I oh, guess. Make them they, they can run away or faint. Make them shatter into a bunch of coins, like maybe old school. The, um, <laughs> maybe the, the cacti cat can just run away or fall asleep. <laughs> but um, And what kind of weapons? Uh, you start the game by choosing one of four weapons. So you have um, just your basic sword. You have daggers, which encourage um, poison and hitting people multiple times. You have a halberd and a full body shield, which encourages like less attack but more defense. And then, a halberd is like a starting weapon? Yeah. That's pretty swanky. Like a, a spear, but also mm -hmm. an axe at the end. Um, and then my personal favorite uh, is the claw gauntlets. And they encourage the bleed status effect which is your enemies um will constantly tick damage down every turn but the more bleed attacks you do the more aggressive the damage is that they take from the bleed attacks okay are you gonna give them fun names the um like what fun names Okay, so feel free to use this. Okay. For your claws, mm -hmm. your claw gauntlets, you call them murder mittens. Murder what? <laughs> murder mittens. Murder mittens. I kind of like that. Um, I thought you could, like, like if you were going to go for no, that, fun names. We could. Yeah. Uh, the um, We've got every single item. Like, we have basically... The concept of the game written down to like what the items are going to be like what the super items are going to be like all of the enemies and the bosses and I'm really happy with the creative side to the game we just gotta make it so I'm working on a turn system which is actually somewhat functional right now so right now if you run my code you can input how many times your character hits the enemy and how much damage it's doing on a percentage base, and then it gives you the results, taking into account certain items that would affect it and certain effects that the enemy or you would have, etc. Um, it's kind of nice to see it shape up, but there's um, a lot of cool enemies I think that we have. There's like a there's a normal skeleton, and then once you get to like the later levels. The normal skeleton would spawn as a, a skelepede, oh. which is just like a really long spine with giant rib cage legs and a skull at the end, with like mantles. I was thinking that's pretty cool. I was thinking like human centipede. I also was thinking yeah, human centipede. Somebody did some like <laughs> body science, and then that's um, what was left. And then some of the items are interesting as well. I've been trying to keep my team away from like comedy because so I, I feel like murder mittens. no no I I feel like 
comedy has to come naturally. And if you try and force it, it just is very clearly forced. And I would rather try and give the game character and let that happen normally. Um, we do have an enemy called a, a red herring, <laughs> which monologues to you about stealing. And then a wild goose steals your wallet. Okay. <laughs> and you chase it. And uh, I could go and get my laptop and go further in depth, but that would end with me talking for a couple hours. Is this for like a class or something? Yeah, uh, we're going way too in depth on, this is our final project, and I'm working with two other people to make just a code that involves what we've learned this year. And I was like, let's make a game and then spent the next entire day coming up with 25 different items and such, and then realized that I'm gonna have to draw all of this because I'm the only artist, but I'll probably um, get a couple of my friends to aid me in that aspect. So if the assignment would have been originally a 10 from start to finish, how much work are you going to be putting forward? Uh, I would I would say like like fifteen. Oh, okay. It's it's really not the coding aspect that I'm worried about. It's the visuals aspect. There's we're biting off a little bit more than we can chew, definitely in terms of coding, because we'd like to make it as like an interface where you would click to menu through all of the options instead of like typing in commands. I would like to have that, but um, I have to draw a lot of stuff because there's, I think, 25 items. There's, I think, six or seven, I call them relics. They're like the super items you get before a boss. There's eight enemies, eight alternate versions of enemies, and then five bosses, and then I have to draw the settings. So there's a lot what of... What if you have guest artists? I think I will. Um, I might ask if some people can, like, draw settings for me or certain aspects of it so that I don't have to do all of it. Um, the assignment is for coding anyways, so no one's going to get mad if someone else does visuals yeah. with me. I'd like to do some of it, though, you know. I would like to see it when it's complete. I would love to show you. I'd like to show everyone. Uh, if this turns out the way it's shaping out to turn out, I'm extremely excited. I'd love to see it, yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll have an assembly right. at school <laughs> as a reveal party. We'll say it's an oddity meeting, and I'll connect my computer to the projector, okay. and then we can play a couple, it's the movie. couple rounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we'll have a podcast and rate my game, and yeah. you guys can brutally insult it. Yeah. And I will awesome. cry in the corner. Awesome. Um, and uh, the main character's name is Artemis, because I really like that name. It's a good name. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I uh, watched... Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I watched... Um, a little bit more of Firefly. Uh, I'm on episode 13 now. It's still pretty good. How many episodes? 18, maybe? Uh, 
There's not many. It's not a full no. season. It's like um, there's 14, so okay. I'm an episode and two-thirds away. And I have been getting back into um, Skyrim for the first time in ages. Uh, that game scared me. The game scared you? I think I got about five minutes in and I realized that it would suck away my life. <laughs> that game uh, is... Amazing in a lot of ways, but I would say in terms of production value is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> um, I was surprised though to boot it up on my computer and then realize that there's a lot more stuff in the game now from updates and I didn't even realize that they were updating it. But uh, yeah, I'm probably going to spend a good few hundred hours on that game before I stop. It You do sink a lot of time into it. It has a way of, like, producing an atmosphere that makes you feel comfortable in a way that I've never experienced in any other sort of media. Uh, yeah. I think I would love to see someone else's take on the concept of Skyrim, but with a better, uh, like, focus on the production value of it, because Skyrim is horrid, there's so many bugs, and there's, like, five voice actors total in the game, uh, but I'd, I'd love to see, like, if someone else were to make Skyrim, what would they do, and how would it be different, and would it still have the same eerily comfortable feeling than the game itself. Yeah. Larry? Um, I watched Howl's Moving Castle again. I love that movie. I don't know why. Probably because Howl's attractive. <laughs> I know it's an animated character, but he's attractive, so... Yeah. I remember a lot of people having a crush on Jack Frost. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do howl right now. <laughs> Do you like howl with blonde hair or dark hair more? Orange. Orange. <laughs> I think I like dark hair. Howl. But he's goopy. I like. Yeah, he's, he's goopy. A bird. He has but a meltdown over his hair color changing. <laughs> yeah, a literal it's so meltdown. So funny. <laughs> he's I like, you've ruined me. Okay. He's so silly. Yeah. That's it? Um, yeah, that's it. Before that's we move on to Noreen, um, we reviewed um, Green Room last week, and you weren't here for the podcast. Okay. I was wondering if you could tell us your thoughts on Green Room. Oh, um, I don't know. It's on my comfort movie list, and no one really knows why, and I think I'm a little crazy for that, but it's okay. Um, I liked when he like has his arm in the doorway, and he pulls it out, and it's like in shreds. Mm -hmm. I thought the details of that were kind of neat. Not neat. Gross, in a way. I don't know. Um, the way the movie deals with violence, I think, is my favorite yeah. way, where it's not it's not gory from start to finish. It, it picks a couple picks moments to, to be very ghastly. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was kind of neat at the end when um, 
forget his name. He takes the bullet in the head and it like squirts out. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I thought that was neat. Why is it a comfort movie? I don't know. I think it's because every time I watch it, I watch it with people that I like being around. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, congrats. <laughs> um, it's just something I associate with being around people that I like. So. Yeah. Um, I only watched one movie, and it's called Beautiful Creatures. Um, came out in 2013, and I really enjoy that movie. I think it's probably a comfort movie of mine. I've watched it at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, I think everyone should watch it. It's, it's strange and, like, very not well-known at all. Uh, the casting was great. Uh... I think it's just a beautiful movie, and it really shows that you shouldn't judge someone before you get to know them and all that. So, you know, if you ever just need something to watch, Beautiful Creatures is a movie, and definitely check it out. I'm searching it up right now. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. got a pretty good cast. This one? Yep. Mm-hmm. It gets really bad ratings on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's, it's such a good Letterboxd movie. is so pretentious. It's myself included. And like the soundtrack is amazing. If you, uh, you know George Harrison, the Beatle? Yeah. Uh, he had a son. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I think it's like Danny or something like that. It's D-H-A-N-I. Um, but he's in a band called The New Number Two, I think, and they like wrote the songs for the movie, but then had someone else perform them. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are very good, and I'm glad that they had someone else perform them because they have like a better vibe and a better feel for the movie when they did it. Yeah. Okay. So, on to the review of Enemy. Mm. Okay. So, Enemy is directed by Denis Villeneuve uh, and stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Melanie Laurent and Sarah Gadon and Isabella Rossellini is in there as well and some other peeps. And oh, and it also stars Jake Gyllenhaal. He's in there twice. Um,. So, according to the Internet Movie Database, we have a very succinct summary. And that is, a man seeks out his exact look-alike after spotting him in a movie. That's the summary? That's That's the summary. No mention of the spiders? No creepy crawlies. Hmm. Uh, Okay, what did you guys think of Enemy? It was so confusing, the ending. (laughs) Yeah, well, we can get to that. Did you did you Google it eventually? Yeah, I Googled yeah, it. Okay. I watched a bunch of video essays. And I think I understand it, but like I'm, I'm still really still confused. I enjoyed the doppelganger aspect of the movie, and I did not understand the spider part. I have some ideas for the spiders. I'm not sure that I understand it either. And that's one of the reasons I find it compelling that there's there's this very intentional thing that the director is doing and it might be considered pretentious 
But I'm okay with that. I think that it's it's very off-putting as a film. I think it's very tense. I like the visuals of the the giant dream spider with the legs going down into the city. Mm-hmm. What makes you think that's a dream? Didn't he wake up after it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the surprise on Jake Gyllenhaal's face in the ending implies that the spider thing is not normal. And I feel like if a giant spider was walking around that's through a city... That's just the city spider. Yeah. It's normal. Like the neighborhood cat. You mean Jake Gyllenhaal's face at the end when he sees the spider in the room? Yeah. I didn't think he looked very surprised. Really? I saw disappointment. Oh. We'll, we'll oh. get to that. Because okay. that's, that's like right. the end of the movie. Man. Another one. <laughs> that's what that's clearly what I thought it look, would look like. Not again. <laughs> you gave me a confused, surprised look okay. to me, but I could be like completely misremembering that. Um, it is perhaps one of the most bonkers endings to a film. Giant spider in the corner. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if the the giant landscape spider was just part of the landscape. Okay, mm. yeah, Carly. Yeah. Initial thoughts. I liked it. I the ending threw me off. I think. Um, I don't know. I thought it was weird. I'm torn on whether or not I like Jake Gyllenhaal yet. It's because there's like a huge thing where it's like you either like him or you hate him. And I don't know what it's about. It's about Taylor Swift. <laughs> See, that's why. I don't like Taylor Swift. So So you like Jake Gyllenhaal? Maybe. Maybe I don't like either. Who knows? That's about Does it matter though? The perception of Jake Gyllenhaal outside of the movie. I thought it was kind of bizarre. Like, it was kind of stalkery. Yeah. I got that from it, and it was just uncomfortable. So. And that's intentional. Like mm-hmm. like a movie like Sacred Deer. Yeah. You're supposed to... You're supposed to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So. I think that that was done well, making the audience feel uncomfortable. So. Yeah. Marie, initial thoughts. I don't know. I have nothing to say about it. Nothing? <laughs> nothing. What did you think of Jake Gyllenhaal's beard? It's a beard, I don't know. Okay, alright. Okay. What about the spider patterned broken glass after the car accident? That's what. I didn't notice that. Me either. What? So when the the car accident I thought was tremendous. Um, so the the glass that shatters that the camera focuses on it's a spider web. I'm stupid. I didn't no, you're not stupid. I didn't notice until That's I watched cool. a video essay. <laughs> Did they point that out? Yeah. yeah. The the accident that happens is. It seems like it has way more weight than most car accidents in films. It sounded really heavy, and it was very realistic, and I, I thought shot in a very shocking way. Okay, other more particular things. Not about the end. Jake Gyllenhaal has, Gyllenhaal has sex a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah. He has sex so much. How she not have like beard burn on her face? Like, <laughs> I was wondering if one of the Jake Gyllenhaal should have not had a beard. Prevent confusion. Yeah, I was really confused who was who. 
I mean, I think that was done on purpose. I, yeah, I so like well. you're supposed to mistake one for the other, right? Yeah, and you if can kind you of just like come home without a beard, good. that'd be weird. <laughs> um, I did find that the the doppelganger that wasn't the uh, the history teacher uh, was often portrayed in like darker clothes and darker lighting, so mm-hmm. didn't really have much trouble differentiating them. Gyllenhaal also acted fairly differently in each role. Yeah. And it was a subtle but effective performance for me where Adam was the professor, right? Mm-hmm. He seemed like nervous and unsure. Yeah. And and it wasn't just the lines that were being delivered. It, it was the way that he was delivering the lines and the way that he stood. Um, when he was the professor, he was slumped over a little bit more. When he was the actor, he, he was much more confident. Um, and I didn't have necessarily a hard time distinguishing them either based on his performance, which I think if, if you can have somebody portraying two different people and he's not going over the top where he's like got a different accent for one character or one of them lisps or, or something, but it's just little elegant nuances to the performance I think that was really well done and the the one like the Anthony was very unlikable mm-hmm. based on the presence that he created and then Adam was much more sympathetic and puppy doggy mm-hmm. um, I also liked Anthony's wife I think her name was Mary mm-hmm. I think so um, I thought she had a, a, a very tender performance as well. She wasn't really in it a lot, but the movie shifted towards her quite a bit towards the end. Mm-hmm. I like how you acknowledge that I say things. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a good listener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just talk to you sometimes. And you I'm just, really tired. You <laughs> Can we talk about the ending? Because that's like the main thing. That yeah. I just, Okay, should we lay groundwork for the spiders or just jump into the spider? Because I, I feel like the the spider stuff throughout the film informs the spider at the end. I'm confused about all the spiders, so we can start yeah. with all of them. <laughs> okay, so if we could outline the different spider occurrences. There's the spider at the beginning in the club. Mm-hmm. What's with the club? I'm not sure I understand the club that much. You get the key to it at the end? Yeah. There's. What's the important thing? What, so Anthony had a key to it in the middle, and then they suggested, like in that elevator scene, that the club had moved, and that one guy that went with Anthony before wanted to go with Anthony again, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know where it is. And then Adam gets a key to it in the end, but that key was supposed to find its way to Anthony. Anthony. Mm. And in the club, there's the silver platter with the, the lid that has the spider on it and the waitress performer I'm, I don't know she puts it down and the spider crawls out and then she goes to step on it with very high heeled shoes and the men that are in the audience are excited by this I don't get that bit. why are they excited about that because they're weird I, th- I think that club is supposed to represent like a gentleman's club or like a 
a strip club. Yeah. And so you have these guys and they're excited to see a sort of performance, but here the performance is... Spiders. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the the giant spider in the landscape, mm-hmm. which is based off of um, a structure in Ottawa. Oh, oh yeah, I, I've been that. under that. Yeah. So that was the, the inspiration for that design. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's very effective. I, I kind of wish there was more of that spider in the movie, but at the same time, I think it would have been easily overused. Yeah. I just find that image of that kind of abstract, very gangly, daddy long legs spider over top of Toronto to be a fantastic it was image. Very cool. I liked it a lot. Um, and then there's the spider head on the woman walking down the hall. Oh, that one was cool. And the camera. How did it work? She was upside down walking towards the camera and then right side up after, mm-hmm. after she him. passed. Yeah. Um, and then there's a spider web shatter and then there's the giant um, Mary spider in the corner at the end. Are those all the spiders? Am I missing one? Pretty sure that's it. Okay. So what? I have I've not watched video essays. Oh, I didn't watch what the Spider Man. I just I watched one about like what the story was, okay. and it was like that. It's like a loop of like, it's not that there's two Jake Gyllenhaal's. It's that it's like two parts of the one Jake Gyllenhaal, and it creates like an endless cycle of like cheating and dissatisfaction, which leads to him realizing, like, oh, he needs to change, but then he gets stuck in the, the, the stuck like... Stuck in the web that the spider's spinning. Yeah, and then it repeats, and then it continues. So I think web is, is key to understanding the spider element, or at least the way that I interpret it. Um, and... It's an abstract movie, right? So I, I don't think that there's... Yeah, there's there's not two Jake Gyllenhaals. Mm-hmm. It's a story about one person. And in in life, I, I think how we can become different people over time. If you think back to the person that you were in grade nine, I'm sure that's mm. a very different person than, than who you are now. Um, and that continues. And, and even it might happen within a day or a month where... There's something that you you do or a way that you treat somebody and you think back and you're like, why did I do that? I don't understand why I said that to that person at that time or or whatever. And then we feel guilt and um, regret about those things. And then often too, like that repetition thing where we, we acknowledge that we do certain things, we don't like it, but then we continue to do those same things over and over and over again. And we're stuck in this web. Um, I'm confused why she turned into a giant spider, though. Okay, well, uh, can we... Okay, so (laughs) if we were to look at this as there's, like, one Jake Gyllenhaal, would it be that maybe the actor Jake Gyllenhaal is maybe, like, a younger version of himself? Okay, but the spider. <laughs> okay, so the spider. So what does a spider mean metaphorically? 
Well, What's typically they're it? scary. Yeah, right? typically specifically means something different than spiders. I think. Um, so there's something creepy about spiders. There's something potentially life-threatening about, like a tarantula. I think they're silly. Sometimes they wear their babies. Illusion is one. They have funny eyes. Illusion. Yeah, but there's also really good ones like artistry, manifestation, patience, feminine power. Ancient wisdom, balance, and interconnection. And so interconnection would definitely refer back to the web. Mm-hmm. Um, why would a spider represent women? I see spiders as feminine. I see them as widow, but that's yeah. like widow. about the only the thing that I can think of. Well, and they're they're also mothers, right? Like mm-hmm. they they give birth to the the babies. Mm-hmm. A lot. They of, create a home for a them as well. Children's media makes spiders women for some reason. Charlotte's Web? Mm-hmm. And in the new Bad Guys movie, the Miss Tarantula. Okay. Even like Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. Shia Bob or something? A big spider. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Um, and so we've got this feminine incarnation. Well, it makes sense why she's pregnant now. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's maybe, maybe the actress just happened to be pregnant when they were making the, the mm. movie, but if, if not, if that wasn't... It's fitting. Yeah. I saw a thing that's like, she has four limbs, and then the baby has four limbs, so it's eight limbs, like a spider. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I thought something about that. I was looking on a site to see if I could find anything, and the only thing I read was... Freudian concept, and I was oh, like, no. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and inappropriate Freudian concept? Uh, <laughs> if it's Freud, Closely it's followed, it said whore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that fits here because the the wife is dedicated yeah. to him, and she seems like she's the, the victim in the relationship. And it's... I think it's really interesting that she's not just a spider. She is a monstrous spider mm-hmm. in the corner. So, like, I don't like spiders. They terrify me. Um, no matter how, like, small or big, I think my response is usually about the same. I want to scream and, and pee myself. I think they're kind of cute. Yeah. I and like, that's Daddy long legs are adorable. Yeah, I like big I think, spiders. I hate the little ones already. Yeah, knows. I think big spiders are fine. I think little spiders are the bane of my awful. existence. Because yeah. yeah. then you like lose it. Like a big spider, you can at least see. Yeah, that's my. If, if you drop the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if all spiders were Skyrim sized, they would probably all be killed because we would know where they were. <laughs> So a you would like to have a cave spider as like a pet? To get to walk <laughs> I would totally walk a cave spider. See that even that, better, ride one. Oh my god! Ooh. Could you imagine just Wha- pulling up to school? What are those really big spiders that <laughs> Parker spider? They they're predators for like a large bird. The bird spider. Yeah, but there's like a, it's a specific bird. I like the ones that um, like dig holes and then make 
a hatch. I was literally just thinking about with, this. With, like, cover it in leaves, and then they, like, pop out. Oh and then see, grab their prey. that terrifies me that I could be going through a jungle and step into a hole and then pull my foot out, and there's a spider wrapped around my foot. Even worse, the ones in the desert that just buried themselves in the sand, and then they just have, like, two legs poking out, and then they just come back up. I found something. Apparently, the Goliath bird-eating spider very rarely eats birds. Oh. Um, They eat, like, baby birds, and then frogs, small snakes, beetles, insects, lizards, and even bats. I'm not okay with that. Show me this spider right now. Hold on. Is this in Australia? Uh, <laughs> here it is next to someone's hand. Oh my god. <laughs> See. Big boy. Mm. What if this was just like in the corner of your classroom? Boy. I would run. I boy. feel like there's the mystery. I'd probably just curl up and. I'd Google position. if it was poisonous, and if it's not, I'd pick it up. Oh yeah, let me see. I poison. feel like I'm there's a large that, like... misconception, though, that larger spiders are slower. They're not. They are not. They but you can quickly. see them at least. You, you can see them. Like, Tarantulas tend to move slow, but if you freak them out in any way, they just they will yeah. bolt. They move slow. And I think that's really funny. It's better. Not lethal. Poisonous, but not lethal. It's like a wasp. Picking that boy up. <laughs> Black I widows think... aren't lethal either, but they hurt mm-hmm. a lot. I think most spiders aren't lethal to humans. I think we're just too yeah. large for the poison to really. Like it'll make us sick, but it won't yeah. kill us. Un- yeah. Well, unless you can't. Get it like, like, like if you're yeah. stuck in an apartment, or like you get a bit in the desert, and then yeah. you're ill and you can't move, and then you just yeah. Like aren't daddy long legs poisonous or something? Daddy or? long legs can't administer poison to us though. <gasps> yeah, because their fangs aren't long enough. Or they're weak. They're poison strong though. If they could, it's probably one of the oh. strongest. I think I read, but yeah. Um, <laughs> black. Well, yeah, but they can't. But they can't. They can't. Yeah. It's not they can't pierce your skin. It's not poison. It's venom. If you want to get nerdy with it. Um, but, uh, is there a difference between poison and venom? Yes. Yeah. Poison you ingest, venom is injected. Okay. Um, black widow venom isn't deadly, but it's a neurotoxin, so it's probably the most painful thing you could ever experience. Mm. The brown recluse is the most dangerous because it causes um, necrosis, oh. which is where your skin dies. Like Jill. Jill? got that skin on her. It's weird. Okay. Like Jill, like Will's mother Jill? Yeah. What? <laughs> You're gonna tell me about this later. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the movie. Yeah. And all this knowledge about spiders. And spiders. <laughs> My explanation, I think, is really simplistic, and it goes back to the... Uh, web. 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 I'm sorry. Okay. Mm. Every time I look at you, you just have to say web. Web? Okay. okay. Web. There you go. Uh, so I think that both Jake Gyllenhaal's, Adam and Anthony, because it seems like Adam takes Anthony's place at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. that they both feel trapped in this relationship. So they have this wife who's going to be a mother, and they feel like they're trapped in her... Web. And so she seems like this giant spider to him, like this, this giant possible predator for him because she's sort of eradicating his freedom and social life and presence. That makes sense. But, no? but he, he, he got her pregnant, so... That doesn't mean, mean that it has to be logical. That's true. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I think it's males. 
I, yeah. For a movie directed by a man, I think that it's really interesting that this movie, I think, full-heartedly embraces that guys are awful. Mm-hmm. Guys suck. I, I, I am a firm believer of that. Mm-hmm. It could be called sexist. I was raised by a family of women. I, I firmly believe in the superiority of the female. And, uh, and I think that this is just an exploration of, of a type of behavior that men participate in. Not all men. But that, and, and I guess you could say this about, about, like, any, like, women can feel this way as well, too, that when you're in a relationship, you can feel trapped, and you look for ways out of it. That's fun. <laughs> okay. Cough. So I'm not sure that that explains the the club. Oh, that was nasty. Um, it, can I? Oh. Just, oh, that's. <laughs> Kewin's just cracking every part of his body. Oh. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> He's working on his ankles. No. You can't get that I, one to I, go. I did that one earlier. <laughs> Sometimes I crack my neck and it stays in that position. <laughs> Sometimes I will like stretch backwards and I will crack my sternum. ASMR. <laughs> it feels really weird and kind of cool. It's the bone in between your your rib cage. I love it when I spine cracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when you, I like stretched my arm like that one time and my lower spine cracked and it felt so weirdly good. I like it when it travels up. When like it yeah. starts in a spot on your spine. Yeah, and then it just like it travels up. Do you have up. those like those back crackers where it's just like this the, like, this the, plastic mound yeah. that you put on the ground I and then you one. I have a back snap roller that I just like roll back on and it's nasty. I just rotate I in a chair. Search. Like Yeah, I just did it. I'm old, yeah. I just have to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my knees if I bend down my knees just crack. Oh mine too, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so if men feel trapped by women and so that's the look that Jake Gyllenhaal gives the spider so the spider in the corner to me looks scared it looks mm-hmm. like it's yeah. curling up and it's retreating um, and fearful of what he is going to do because he just got that key and he seems to switch from like Adam into Anthony kind of and so it's it's maybe this like cycle again that he was found out and he realizes that he needs to be more sensitive and more attentive to his wife's needs but then this opportunity arises and then he's like well i'm just gonna go and have some fun and then the so if the spider is a female symbol then the club is watching women be put in peril or exploited for entertainment could it be like um because this club is like a, a strict or gentleman's club, right? Um, the act of like crushing the spider with their shoes is kind of like a way of escaping their web. It's no longer a threat. It's no longer like there to prevent you from doing whatever you want. And uh, like everyone wants to go like person in the elevator he had to go back because he probably like just he is in his own spider world and he feels trapped 
but he can't escape because he can't access that area and he's kind of feeling anxious because he's trapped. So from Jake Gyllenhaal's perspective, he gets this key and it's an opportunity for him to escape mm-hmm. the web, even if for a moment. Right, like a, a, a temporary yeah. alleviation of that feeling of being trapped. Well, and then you mentioned the, um, the high-heeled shoe. So I think the high-heeled shoe is also indicative of femininity, but it's an exploitive one, right? Like a, mm-hmm. like a high-heeled shoe was designed by not a woman, surprise, surprise, because I don't think any woman would want to subject other women to being that uncomfortable. It's like foot binding. High heels were actually meant for men first. It was for like, so their like, feet wouldn't fall off saddles. Mm-hmm. Cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. Um, and the effect of the high heel shoe is that it changes the distribution of body weight for women so that their chest is thrust out and their butts are thrust back. And so it creates that Barbie idealized kind of posture of a woman. And so you take like this female iconography in the high heel shoe that was created by men being used to punish maybe a more natural symbol and so you have like these you've got like this exploitive thing that's being used to eradicate this more natural maybe mother kind of concept and it's being put on display brought out on a silver platter here you go guys we're going to replace the mother with this more sexualized version I guess you could female taking a literal sense of stepping into its place Oh yeah, and then the the woman with the spider head. I think that that is kind of clearly like she's she's depicted in like a, a sexualized way, but she has this like spider head. I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. The club itself could also be considered a web in sure. a way, yeah. Because like, even if you get this sense of freedom, you're kind of being trapped inside of this other situation for the club because like that other guy probably like just he wants to go back he's kind of entangled in it already in a way but it would be desired yeah like it, it's a desired place to be what was Jake Gyllenhaal's weird hand thing when he was in the club like on his face that that um, was just him holding his but like why why so he had his pinky through to his middle finger around his nose and then his pointer fingers were at his temples it kind of like hides your face it feels like and also kind of just feels comfortable (laughs) like this like that yeah is it like a contemplative (laughs) sort of i don't know it's one way to hold your face yeah, like if you, like this. if you put your hands like, your hands under your chin. See that feels more exposed. Okay. If you're thinking of like hiding your face, this feels like you're covering more of it. Okay. I'm start doing this now. It reminds me of when like you know this. <laughs> it reminds me of like when you put your hands together like this, which I think is supposed to be like a thought mm-hmm. or scheming sort of pose. Mr. Bond. Or Monty Burns. Excellent. Um, I don't know. So, 
the the giant spider over top of the city if it is a dream is that a nightmare of the the magnitude or the size of the obligation that he has could be like an omnipresence no matter where you go you're always under its influence like the ring like his wedding ring mm -hmm. mm. what about the blueberries like the, you don't like blueberries you like blueberries and the mother is like, you like blueberries. What does blueberries mean? I'm gonna Google it. I just thought that that was a a sign that the two Jake Gyllenhaals were the same Gyllenhaal. Like she's talking to the Gyllenhaal that's the professor, and she knows that. And then she's like, have some blueberries. I don't like blueberries. Of course you do. Stop being an actor. Yeah. And so I think that that was, at least for me, a way of it peeling back a layer of the metaphor so that you could see that it's metaphor, that there's not really two Jake Gyllenhaals that really are the same. Mm -hmm. well, so I think that was the part in the movie when I saw it the first time that I was like, oh, okay, uh, how, what? Mm -hmm. In the actor Jake Gyllenhaal's house, there's, like, on the bookshelf, when he was looking at, like, I think the photo, there's, like, a bunch of history books on that, apparently. Mm -hmm. So that also connects them of, like, oh, they might be the same person. I didn't pick up on that. Mm -hmm. Video essays. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't pick up on anything. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, how about how it looked? That like yellow wash. I don't like it. No? I loved it. So it. Green. I thought that it was very grainy and it, I, I think it added to the atmosphere for me. It reminded me of like drug trafficking movies. The, like the orange you of it. I don't know how well it fit with like in Mexico and Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It how felt well. weird for it to be Toronto. Yeah. Like I don't see Toronto as like the green. It makes it like feel like a warmer yeah. climate. It seems. I thought it felt dingy. Mm. Like kind of gross. Like pee. Yeah, that's it. Like a very gritty pee. <laughs> that fits Toronto. Uh, like like a urinary tract infection pee. Mm. I can't relate to that. <laughs> no from experience? <laughs> Cranberry juice. <laughs> I don't know, maybe the, the, like, it being like a gross color reflects how Adam and Anthony are happy or something? But like, uh -huh. warm usually means like comforting. It wasn't a very pretty warm color though. Yeah. It was kind just of yucky. The idea of warm colors are usually used to convey comfort. And if they're like, stuck in a web and they're like whatever and they're closed off I feel like a cool tone would have worked better well I saw it as more of a yellow green mm, like, like a mix of it both. it was kind of greenish I found it off-putting as opposed to mm. like a, a, a pleasant yeah it warm. was off-putting yeah but just like the color palette of warm is usually used in a it kind of reminds me like when you go on a subway you know how some of the lights in there are like really they, yeah, they dark yellow that's mm. what it felt like for anyone familiar um it reminded me of the back rooms. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone is at first yes. within that. Yeah. Creepy pasta? I don't know what the term would be for it. Internet it's horror not, yeah. concepts. It's not an SCP, so. No, it's not. It's kind of like the lighting in the elevator. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. Spooky elevator. And I was just in there today, actually. <laughs> in a movie that's taking a spider which is typically a creepy image and then a color that's typically warm it's maybe it's just trying to turn those things on its head just the symbols a little differently um, 
I also really appreciated that it took place in Toronto and they didn't attempt to cover up the fact that it was in Toronto. Mm -hmm. That it's a, a very, n normally it's it's an embarrassment if a film is Canadian oh, yeah. or, or taking place in They've in done Toronto. so many films at U of T and they always say it's set in New York mm -hmm. or like Oxford and it's like, are you, like come on. Yeah. There's always stuff being filmed at U of T. I know. Maybe I'll, I can be an extra next year. You can <laughs> introduce into the film industry. Yeah. Tassie, my wife, uh, she has an uncle who retired and he's now an extra. He just goes to Toronto and stands around and gets paid. Good life. I yeah. want to do that. So do I. It, I think he does pretty well. He's in the union. Stand around, he's paid okay. to things like yeah. in real life. I don't think they really need to do that. He just gets paid to like chat to people yeah. in the background. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, anything else with the movie? Like, I don't actually hate him. It's kind of a joke, but, like, him as an actor, I don't know. His face just, like, I know in this movie he was supposed to seem creepy, but, like, just in general, he looks like he's going to murder me. And yeah. that's unsettling. My obviously. friend adores him. What is your, why? I, I don't know. <laughs> she just likes him. Yeah. I think he looks sad. Yeah. He's got puppy dog eyes. Maybe it's because him and Taylor Swift broke up. <laughs> I think he's a fine actor, uh, depending on what he's in. I think he was, I think he was good in this, um, and uh, he's in a movie called um, Nightcrawler. Um, oh yeah. Like he punches a mirror or something. He might do that. I don't know. There's a there, there's like a joke on TikTok of people making like best acting things, just men yelling and Jake Gyllenhaal punching mirrors, and I'm pretty sure it's Nightcrawler. Might be. He lost a lot of weight for it. Mm -hmm. He's very emaciated and he plays like an ambulance chaser um, so there are these freelance videographers who just listen to the news and try to follow police scanners so they get to the scene of a crime or an accident and film things so it's like a very disgusting sort of job and he plays a horrible person okay yeah. he's really good at that but if you think that he's going to murder you, you will definitely believe that he will murder you after that mm -hmm. movie. It's an icky feeling flick. But then he can also be kind of cute, like in Donnie Darko. I love Donnie Darko. I haven't seen it. So. He hasn't done anything horrible, right? Like No, he, okay. he has It's all alleged, and it's all kind of a joke. Okay, but even if, even if it was... Fact and not. Oh alleged. yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's just not. it's just okay. a bad breakup that's like has like a kind of creepy age gap, but not like too creepy. Hold on, let me find. Okay. Well, the relationship had the age gap. I'm not yeah. sure the breakup necessarily. Oh yeah, no. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is in the '80s. Uh, it's like a nine-year age gap, but she was like 19. I yeah. She was like 28. I, I have a friend that's dating someone nine years older than them. Right now, who's <laughs> my age. <laughs> My brother's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we make fun of your brother a lot. You love to make it's honestly fair. He's <laughs> he's, he's like, in his he's like thirty and he's dating a nineteen. And haven't they been dating for like a year and already have a kid? Uh huh. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe we can change the subject. Okay. <laughs> um, Not talking about my brother. I just wanted to make sure that Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't like trafficking humans. No. Or anything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
I'm not sure how I feel about artists whose whose work is outstanding, and then we find out that they've done reprehensible things. I hate when that happens. I do too. Because I'm really torn. I don't think that we should celebrate these people, but then I think there's also a separation between somebody's art and somebody's life. I think it depends on how entwined their life is with art, because a lot of people draw heavily on their own personal experiences, or their art represents like whatever views they are. So if like they're a raging racist and homophobe, and they're like a rapper or a singer, sometimes they include racist or homophobic lyrics. So I think it's a really a case by case situation, and also how involved they are in like a project. So, I, I, I don't know, I think an easy target would be, like, Harvey Weinstein, who's clearly... Awful. Yeah, a monster who mm-hmm. preyed on, on humans. Okay, um, I'm going to say something that I'm probably going to get a bit of, like, slack for, but I don't know who that is. I also don't know. He was a movie producer. Um, and in the 80s, 90s, really popular. Bad and he would use his um, position of authority... Uh, to have relations with women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and so underage. I'm yeah. sure. Like I'm sure. Yeah. It, I'm sure that's the case. So basically, because there are these women that wanted to be in movies, he would say, "Yeah, I can get you that part if you do this with me." Um, and then that came to life, and that was at the forefront. Well, maybe not the forefront, but it was a big part of the Me Too movement um and so like harvey weinstein clearly an awful human being but then he helped make a lot of amazing films and so like what about and and so then it becomes hard too because like a a movie is a group effort and so like what what happens when there's a, a person or a number of people involved in, in something like that but then there are other people as well I don't know yeah I don't, I don't Harvey Weinstein he's in jail right I think so yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like he maybe he hasn't been punished to the extent he should be but like he's gotten a certain amount of punishment there's some people that have done awful things that legit just don't have any consequences mm-hmm. so I feel like like the only way you can combat that is not consuming their media but then it gets tricky of like if we're talking about Hollywood and the industry, every piece of media is involved with one awful person. Mm. So it really depends on like, it's a, it's a weird thing to have to consider when consuming media of like, everyone's awful. It just makes me think of Hugh Hefner and Playboy and like oh, yeah. all the like Secrets of Playboy documentary mm-hmm. series. Yeah, I still just like, I also think it's not even like a conscious choice. A lot of the times when someone gets exposed for being an awful person, their stuff just doesn't hit anymore. It's not that I still enjoy it and I'm not listening to it or not watching it because I don't because I don't want to be associated with them. It's just like the idea of that in my brain turns me away from whatever they've done. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird thing. Carly was wearing a Salvador Dali t-shirt, right? Yeah, he's a isn't he a sexual predator? Was he? I'm pretty he sure. Was- a sadist and Mm -hmm. he pushed a friend off a bridge that's why my partner bought it for me as a (laughs) gift from Florida and I'm like you know this guy has like a ton of issues right he's like well I'm like I think the art's pretty but like oh he's been dead for a while like he's a whole thing I don't know I 
I just don't think it's an easy answer. Patrick's grade nine photo looks like Salvador Dali. It's really funny. Who's? Patrick's. Yeah? Yeah. Did he have the mustache? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to enemy. Um, if nobody has anything to say about it, I guess we'll give it a score. starting <laughs> I I think it's enjoyable well not enjoyable that's not the right word I think it's well made I think it's very tense without really having I think it it does a lot of tension with camera angles and score um, with a story that I think is relatively simple with some really unusual abstract layers thrown onto it and it it makes it neat for interpreting uh, I don't know I'm a maybe a four out of five it is a little dull but I think that that's maybe almost on purpose like having a very deliberate pace um I don't know, I was kind of a little bored during it. So I'm giving it a three and a half. Okay. I would give it a four. I thought it was good. Also, just saying, I think Googling it wouldn't have helped the confusion. So not Googling yeah, it. it. Was weird. Okay. Like, either way, I think I would have been confused. But it was a good twist thing. But the thing that you probably, I haven't Googled it, but I would imagine that probably what pops up the most is giant spider at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, when me and Sarah were reading the wiki, we were we both read that last paragraph mm -hmm. on the on the Wikipedia, and it mentioned the giant spider, and we were like, mm -hmm. "What?" I was talking to my friend about it, and the only thing he knows about is the giant spider. When it came out, it uh, I think that it was kind of not like it did a lot of it, it not like it made a lot of money, but uh, I think its selling feature was the end that you could never see coming sort of thing mm -hmm. um, to sensationalize it. You gave it a higher score than I thought you would. I enjoyed it. Four out of five seems pretty high for you. I enjoyed it. I just Even with Jake Gyllenhaal. I know. Maybe I Even with two Jake Gyllenhaal. Maybe I should knock it down to a three then just because of Jake Gyllenhaal. A half star off for each Jake Yeah, Gyllenhaal. exactly. Yeah. Two of them was a lot. It's like in Social Network when there's like two army hammers and I'm like Oh my god. Mm. Do you know about everything Army Hammer has done? Uh, no, uh, I, don't I don't know everything either. I, I have heard about some of it, like the was bad it? stuff. Mm, he's like a cannibal. Oh. Uh, okay. He, he and he like once said to like one of his ex girlfriends Call that me he, by your name. What? He <laughs> wanted to like carry around her toe in his pocket. He's like really weird. That's not even the beginning of it. It'll take too long to explain it all though. Okay. He's really funny though. I think he's got really good comedic time. He's crazy. It's so. It was the the period of time where all this information was coming out was insane, man. Anyway, uh, I'll explain it later. Okay. You said something that I was going to respond to. But what? Yeah. Two army hammers. Oh, I was going to mention the, the whole, like, shaved Jake Gyllenhaal and then bearded Jake Gyllenhaal, where maybe you're supposed to kind of confuse them, but I was wondering if, if one of them had a beard and the other one didn't, then it might establish that sort of idea that this is, like, maybe, like, an older... Part of him and a younger. If he part just of like grew in his beard as it progressed, so they, they got looking similar, more more similar by the end. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. 
But also, I just hate facial hair, so like, if he was shaven, I think it would have been better. That's <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Kevin has a beard. I do. I think it looks good on you, though. Thank you. It does. Yeah, that's the whole thing. So only certain people can pull off like facial hair. Other people does not look good on them. I also just hate the texture of it. So one as long to as I five. Don't touch your face. How would you say I pull off a beard? I've never seen um, you without it. So yeah, five. me either. I have a baby face underneath your I beard. I hate my mm-hmm. face oh, underneath the fine. beard. Um. I would give this movie a three and a half, I would say, bordering on a four. Uh, I thought it was entertaining for the most part. I kind of liked it as just like a doppelganger film. I think the meanings behind it are a little too convoluted. I think it's interesting to like sit with a bunch of people and talk about it and like, figure things out for it, but I think just as a person watching a film, it's a little too convoluted to actually take the time to figure things out and enjoy it in that right, but I think it's a good movie. I think it's really well made, and yeah. Two things. One, um, we didn't really talk about the doppelganger thing, but that's a pretty creepy idea. I thought that um, forgetting the concept about them being the same person that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as the history teacher is shown like as a good person and then the opposites like you know the opposite he's he's bad and then his wife is portrayed very angelic in a way especially when they're like first meeting at the university where she's practically glowing with all of the light and then his girlfriend never really shows up that much but she's always kind of in the dark and seemingly distant so it's like the light people kind of swapped to be with each other and then the dark people Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds wrong. Um, not <laughs> by skin tone. They're um, all white. So. Yeah, they're all white. Um, and the, the 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 girlfriend and the the wife. They they, they looked yeah. Yeah. I just thought that like them swapping was kind of fitting in a way, mm-hmm. and then him also getting in a car crash was also fitting because like. He's a generally bad guy, and kind of the karma gets to him. So if it's all the same person, mm-hmm. and he was involved in this car accident, um, I would assume that he would go forward to like maybe get divorced from his wife, and then he ends up in that kind of crappier apartment, and then decides that the acting career isn't the path that he wants to go down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then for the atmosphere, you said something that made me think about this this movie has a certain feel to me that I really like and it makes me feel this will be weird but it makes me feel warm and tired and like a dream like I get that feeling where like just before you drift off to sleep and you get like kind of tingly or at least I do I get kind of tingly and I feel warm and then I fall asleep 
Jessica never sleeps, so you probably have to my, what that feels it, like. When you're talking about that, it, my interpretation of like that feeling would be like when you fall asleep right after school and you wake up and you don't know if it's morning or night and you're just kind of okay. in a haze. Yeah. And maybe that's eight, but you don't know. What <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this movie has like a trance-like quality on me, where it just kind of happens, and it's not very exciting. But. I don't know, it, it, it places me... I feel like this when I watch like a Stanley Kubrick movie too, where it's just sort of like, these things are happening and I'm not really sure I understand it, but it's like this... I don't know. For Kubrick, I'd say it's like an experience. This, I don't think is that, but it has that... I don't know. You know what it also reminds me of? When, you're really, when I get really tired and I'm like looking, like I have vision, it feels like I'm looking from behind my eyes, not through my eyes. And the movie oh. kind of reminds me of that. Okay. Like when you're looking at things from inside your head? No, it's or? like it's like if my eyes are like a lens of a camera instead of my just seeing what the lens sees, it's like looking through the viewfinder of seeing okay. what the lens sees. So it's kind of like a little bit like it's not distorted, but it's like something's like it looks like kind of disconnected from what I'm seeing. Okay. That's what's happening today. Okay. I'm really tired today. Right. Yeah, third body experience. I don't even know. It's a whole thing. I sleep deprivation. Oh, when you move your hand and it feels like you're not moving your hand. Yeah, I feel like it's with vision. Okay, Charlie. Um, probably four out of five. Um, I don't know. It made me feel like kind. It made me feel uncomfortable. Like that's a definite. I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about the spiders. At all, like at the end, it kind of threw me out. I was like, I don't know how this fits in, but it's kind of neat. Okay, and Noreen, who's been kind of quiet. Um, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on the movie, so I'm just gonna give it a three, just like for the fact that, like, I'm glad I watched it, but I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Is there a reason why you don't have an opinion? No, it's just it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just don't have one. Okay. There. Um, I don't know if next week is going to be your last one or not, um, but... You look like you... <laughs> I'll see if we can maybe push it out till the end of the month. If I can. Um, but definitely, I think for the last week of school, or the last month of school, um, I need to actually focus on my job. Sad. <laughs> um, what movies do you have in mind? We, I, I mentioned Leon the Professional earlier. I think that's really kind of neat. I was wondering about um, Promising Young Female. <gasps> Promising Young Woman. Okay. If we do that one, that one will be a long podcast. I have a lot about yeah. that one. Um, Good for last one. Then. Don't be me going many rants, many different topics. That movie. I have a whole thing. I think it is an important movie. That, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a certain kind of note that we should go out of? You guys are graduating. What movie is the last movie you guys want to watch? Last oddity season. Oh. Mm-hmm. So sad. We could watch an end of high school movie. You <laughs> watch High School Musical 3? <laughs> What was the movie about the two really smart girls? Booksmart? Yeah. I, I love, love that Booksmart. movie. Is that well-written teenage girls? 
Uh, I think it's like I think the one part, the bathroom part was really off base because like. Oh yeah, there's. A, I think it's better like how than what's you, oh. been there before of like female friendship. I think it was a good representation of female friendship, but not maybe like them as people. But like everyone in that movie was kind of crazy, mm-hmm. not just the women. So, I really like it though. It's fun. Mm. Okay. If you have any suggestions, let me know. You don't have to tell me now. All right. Okay. Uh, so that's it for today. Uh, it's a short podcast. It only went an hour and a half. Oh. Should There's we talk more? Not as many people. One of my friends is like, I want to join film club. He doesn't go to the school, though. He's like, I'm just going to show up to your school and watch movies. Okay. Is he actually allowed to? Because he's like genuinely serious about it. Uh, I think he could. That's fine. As long as I know who he is. If he shows up, you'll and know who he is. And if he doesn't come to, like, like poison the water supply. I but know. people can come and visit the school. That's not a bad he just, thing. He's like, I want to just watch movies. And I'm like, my boyfriend wants to meet you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. You're gonna make your boyfriend too. <laughs> we'll have strangers. Oh my god, he went to a concert with my best friend, and they looked like they were dating, and it was really funny. They're both guys. Oh okay. <laughs> and he wore salmon. Col- I'm gonna see if I can find the photo. He wore salmon colored shorts, and it looked like he didn't have any pants on. That's like and my it, biggest. I have to fear. dress him because that's like my biggest goal in buying clothes. I'm like, what are this? So like, <laughs> wait. He literally he's not wearing anything. It's really bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went to see Charlie XCX together and I'm like oh my god that's funny well if either one of them come to the school tell them not to bring a red tackle box that's <laughs> okay okay uh, so I don't think we need to talk more okay I'm gonna go home I wanna know about the Jill I'll tell you later flesh thing <laughs> cause you dropped that and I'm like what the hell okay uh Bye. 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 Bye.